0: Cool.fm is the perfect station for music lovers who enjoy a mix of adult pop, modern country, and classic hits. Our unique blend of different genres creates an awesome listening experience that you won't find anywhere else. With Cool.fm, you don't have to constantly change stations to hear the music you love. Just download the Live 365 app and start listening to our curated selection of modern adult and country hits, as well as the classics you know and love. So tune in to Cool.fm and start enjoying the best of all your favorite music in one place. Hi, I'm Brendan Albetsky. I'm the artist and writer behind Mario Kuro Destroy the Moon. I'm also the artist on The World Ends in Fire. You can find me on social media at hell to breakfast You can also find everything I do at my website brendanalbetsky.com. find all my socials there. You can find links to my book where you can purchase it. You can also find a link to my Global Comics page where you can read Mario Kuro in its entirety for free online. And you're listening to Two Geeks Talking.
1: Good morning, afternoon, evening everyone. Two Geeks Talking is an entertainment industry interview show where we interview the creative people from the comic, film, TV, movie, and video game industries. Of course, I'm your host, Kurt Sasso. We are joined today by a returning guest. He has not been on the show in what feels like forever, but more than likely it's been a couple of years. The creator of, of course, one of the most epic comic titles you will ever hear, Marokiru, destroy the moon, and I didn't pluralize it this time. Joined by the ever-talented Brendan Albatski. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, Kurt. Thanks for having me back. It has not been years. Okay. Uh it's only it's only been, I would say a year at the most. <laughs> Time does blend. It really does. It it feels like it's been forever, because honestly, every month just feels like it happens like that, but it also is really slow. So,
1: Well, for those that don't know anything about yourself and who didn't watch the last interview, shame Mm. on uh, (laughs) them, tell us who you are and what you're bringing to Two Geeks Talking this time around.
0: Sure. So my name is Brendan, and I am the writer and artist of Miro Destroy the Moon. I've been working on comics off and on and more seriously on in probably the last five years, but maybe like 10, 12 years all told. The last time I was on the show, we were getting ready to release my first published book of my creator-owned work, and I'm going to hold it up and show you right here. Uh, <laughs> so this week we were talking about how great it would have been to have it on the show last time, but they, they weren't ready yet. We were still working on it with uh, with the publisher, but we've got it now. You know, it, it came out really great. If you go to my website, brendanalbetsky.com, you can find a link to to get a copy all to your very own. I'm trying to find a really cool splash page that I can show you. I, I just love the way the book feels, everything that Castane Publishing did to pull it together. The colors came out awesome, you know, all the spreads look fantastic all of the art looks fantastic if I do say so myself and I do (laughs) but you know it just the whole thing comes together and and everybody who um, obviously it's it's for free online it's hosted on Global Comics right now you can read the whole series for free there's several chapters that haven't been published in print yet but people tell me even after the people who are dedicated readers online there's nothing quite like holding the actual published book in your hands so I highly recommend it and I'm a little bit biased but
1: (laughs) well you wouldn't be on the show if one you didn't have a comic and two, you didn't have something to to promote as well. Two,
0: that's, that's true. The other that's thing. true.
1: That's the one thing that I, I've seen a lot of color work in my time, and a lot of vibrant color work in terms of comics in my time. And you're you're at least you're up there in the top three for the most vibrant color comics that I've I've read in a long time in terms of not only comics but web comics. So thank you, thank you very you much. Know, keep going uh, for with whatever you're doing because you're here talking about not only the physical book. But you also have something else in store as well.
0: Yeah, the physical book collects the first five chapters of the comic, uh, and it's also got a bonus story in there—that a bonus sixth chapter, if you will we've gone a lot further than that since the publishing of the book we actually have nine chapters currently available on Global comics for free anybody can read them um, you don't need a, a subscription to anything um, it's always going to be available for free I really, just really feel like that's an important thing to, to make available so we're actually just released chapter nine I say that it's the royal we I, I do everything on this on this book uh I have recently started working on some uh some team-based comics with some great writers <laughs> maybe I'm thinking a little bit more pluralistically now but but in terms of mario kira i i'm still the only person working on that and so i've made nine chapters available now the the ninth one just came out last week at the time of recording uh just came out last week i think it's my best one yet it's my longest one yet uh to be sure and it's really kind of tying up the arc that started in this first printed volume and kicking off the next big one which is uh, very exciting for me as uh, as the writer and the artist it's kind of sad to see some of the things that i started come get, get tied up to a close but also very excited to, to get on to the next thing so
1: this is issue one then and you're going into like an issue two or are you doing like volumes how are you working that out
0: i'm a very bad person when it comes to conventional numbers <laughs> <laughs> and, and issue length. I take it by chapter. The chapter is my shortest chapter I've ever done was six pages. This longest one that I just finished up was 31. So that's a little bit closer to like a full issue length. It's a little bit longer than a full issue length. Usually they sit somewhere between 12 and 16. And I do four of those a year. Each printed volume is going to have at least five chapters in, you know, that, that's kind of, kind of be the bare minimum. I want to hit at least a hundred pages um, before I, before I publish something. So i will do at least five chapters and there'll probably be a bonus chapter because there's kind of a bonus side story that's going on maybe, you know, extras and all kinds of stuff, anything we can pack in there. Um, we we want to get in there. So when volume two comes around, it's going to be even bigger and better than the first one. <laughs>
1: that's awesome. It's good that you're, you're not just limiting it to like traditional 24-page comic books, collecting your issues together. And I think that's wonderful because you're giving value to what you're doing. And if if every issue turns out exactly like, like what you currently have in your hands there, I think it's a steal. Whatever you're selling it at, it's a steal. <laughs> it looks too incredible not to pass up, truly.
0: I appreciate that. It's kind of funny. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you are kind of like being positive on that because it's like, it does feel a little bit weird in the way that I do this sometimes because I know I work with a lot of people that do like a very conventional issue format. And so when you try to have this conversation and they say like, well, how many issues have you done? So oh, that's tough to say. You know, when I started this, I was kind of doing like a webtoon format. I never did like a vertical scroll because I always kind of in the back of my head wanted it to be printed. So I, I did it in, in page format from the jump. You know originally it was just going to be done online as like a webcomic. Um I, I was posting on webtoon for a while. I don't anymore. Um n- 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 webtoons done done one too many naughty things for, for my taste. I'm done with them. You know, I work with, with global comics now. They've been really great on on everything that they do with the with the hosting and you know they have a lot of big publisher deals now and I'm still just a little guy. <laughs> I don't I don't feel like I get completely lost in the shuffle. You know I had my I had my new chapter come out and I actually did hit on the um you know the, the the top trending popular comics the last seven days. Uh, on there, so it's like okay, I still feel pretty good about that that I can still kind of get up there. Now that Image Comics is on there and everything, you, you get worried that you're going to get squashed. But yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like seeing like Batman and DC and all this in the eye, just eyes news. And you know, I, mm. I, I get, I get the draw, I get the understanding of it, but it's like independent creators should take a little more precedence than something that's already been established because you have to work twice as hard to oh, yeah. promote yourself just as much because one, you don't have the marketing team. And two, you're relying on word of mouth and social media and, and everything like that to showcase an amazing comic that you have put a lot of time and effort into. So, you know, the fact that you have a platform now like Global Comics, the fact that you have a platform now like Global Comics is just wonderful to see because a lot of people that I've had on the show have left Webtoons and gone mm-hmm. to Global Comics. So what was the draw to Global Comics?
0: They do a really good community outreach. I just saw people talking about the site and and the good experiences that they've had with it with it you know it's a small team that actually works for global comics and last time i checked i think they only had six employees but it's, it's probably grown since then they've done a lot of growing since since then but i just heard you know word of mouth people actually having good experiences working on this site i decided to give it a shot and when i put my comic up there the the chris the uh, the CEO actually reached out to me by DM and was like, "Oh, we're really excited to have you." And he, he retweeted everything. Was like, "This is great! Look at this. What's on my website now?" And I'm like, "Well, wow, that's that's pretty cool. I never got that anywhere else." So you know, they got me. They're gonna have me around for at least a while just for that. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere, you know.
1: <laughs> now that you're you're looking towards issue two here, you know that you're wrapping up issue one. What have you learned from a creative and no creative and business perspective about yourself with this first issue, and what are you going to change coming? issue too
0: I call them volumes volumes I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna impress that nomenclature just because of the length of the of the books you know the first one was like 100 pages the second one's probably gonna be a little bit longer I don't want people to think that they're they're getting like a 24 page issue it's it's a big book which is why it is the price that it is <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I've definitely have learned a ton, um, you know, about myself in, in making this. And I was on another show recently where I was asked a similar question and I had to I had to think of an answer. And now I've got, I've got this answer that I'm thinking to myself. Um, but, you know, like every time I make one of these chapters and every time I set out to make just the best comic I've ever made. And so far I've done it nine times, at least in my opinion, um, which, you know. I say a lot that like you need to be your own biggest fan when you're an indie comic creator so i think you're you know my opinion carries a lot of weight when it comes to this comic but that really is just what i i try to do with, with each one is like i'm gonna make the best comic i ever made with this chapter whether it's doing some weird experimental stuff like chapter eight was completely non-verbal we had no dialogue in that chapter at all just trying to do some weird cool experimental stuff with that um doing new things with color doing new things with perspective doing new things with how how explosive we can make some of the the action scenes and the violent moments getting weird with the lettering you know i, I don't ever want to be bored making this when i started doing this cuz this was this is a covid baby i had the time on my hands to get to work on something big i was like well i've had a lot of non-starts in the past and the reason I fell off of all of those is because I was trying to trend chase or I was trying to do something that was for somebody else because I thought like this is what readers are going to want and and I was always wrong too which is another thing um so with this comic I was like I'm going to make something that's going to keep me entertained I never want to be bored working on this comic if I ever get to a point where I'm not enjoying making it then I'm going to scrap and and rewrite and try again um because like I like I said, I make it available for free. I am doing a lot of work for higher stuff now, where I'm doing a lot of interiors and covers for other writers. So I am I am making some some money off of comics and royalties off the book too, here and there. But like this is by and large like my passion project. You know, my real goal is to 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 grow myself as a creator and to, you know, if if they're comes a lot of money off of royalties for this or people want to give me, you know, super fan money on global comics, happy to take it. I think it's really important that I came up on, on, on free comics on the internet. Yeah. That's why it's so important to me that I make this available to people for free, but the comics that like really launched me and got me started and got me reading um, I, I read them all for free online. And it wasn't like I was reading scanlations or, or, or anything like that. It was just that these creators were either living off ad revenue or 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 just making stuff for free because they wanted to make it. And so like knowing that that's where what got me started, I almost hope that I can do that for somebody else at some point. Um, and, and that's why I want to keep it free. But that being said, um, it keeps it so that it's like if I I never feel bad about throwing something out if I if I don't enjoy making it because this is entirely for me. Um, and so I'm just gonna make the I'm doing just the good parts, you know, only the stuff that I want to do. <laughs>
1: Well, and that's that's the one thing like if you weren't part of the DC Marvel growing up in the 80s and 90s or whatever your age bracket is here, you like for me, it was all indie web comics. That's mm-hmm. that's literally how I grew up reading comics as well, too. So to see where some of these creators are going and to see who they've inspired who have actually been on the show and interviewed pretty amazing in that regard as well, too. So who were some of your influences that made you want to be a comic creator?
0: You know, it's it's funny. The first one I'm going to mention is is came up the other day. Um, I was on Cody's show recently. Yeah. The subject of Jeff Shocks came up, okay. and and he he know he didn't know who Jeff Shocks was. I'm like, you don't know who Jeff Shocks is,
1: okay. and so I, I, I okay, <laughs> I gotta have words with him on that.
0: Yeah, you yeah, do do yeah. because he needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so then, you know, we we I I told him a little bit about questionable content about Jeff, and it was like, that was one of like. The OG comics for me when when I was when I was started reading is like that was because he updated every day yeah. back in the day and so it was just that was a huge thing for 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 me and my friends it was like we loved the guys that updated all the time because we would just go oh, oh, more and more and more so that penny arcade obviously was like a huge deal back in the day I mean I guess it still is they're still around Pax is Pax is enormous I
1: don't know I've <laughs> never trying... been but I heard I heard it's incredible
0: so. yeah I've never I've never been either but I've seen the pictures and just like <laughs> well that that's that that started as a web comic, <laughs> believe it or not. Chris Straub was like yeah. my my favorite just ever. I understand why he doesn't really make comics anymore, but it's it's when he stopped doing. I mean, Chainsaw Suit was was huge. I love Chainsaw Suit, and and I understand he's kind of tired of doing that. And there's not a whole lot left to say. That's fine. But like Brood Hollow was like my favorite comic. And I'm so, so sad that that it's done before it's time. And maybe he'll come back to it someday. Maybe he'll maybe he'll see this interview. And,
1: you know, <laughs> well, I, I have interviewed him before. So it's not like I-, I have inter- Oh, really? You have? Wow. I interviewed, That's... I interviewed three of the four half pixel crew. So- No kidding. Scott Kurtz, Chris Straub, and Brad Geiger.
0: Scott Kurtz has one of my favorite quotes about making comics, which is uh, so many people think that making comics, you're going to work hard in your bedroom and then someday Stan Lee shows up in the TARDIS and said, come on, kid, we're going to the big time. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but it's yeah. still, I, I think about that a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of influential uh, creators. I mean, you, you also have Danielle Corsetto, you have Eric Moen, you have mm-hmm. Don Griffin and, and Byron Wilkins. There are so many more, like for me, it was Megatokyo was one I read Oh, sure. Day as well too, like, and that's still so, Semi kind of ongoing right now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominic Deacon as well. I mean, I'm Did gonna you ever be... read um, Bryce Boy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. With uh, uh Evan. And Evan Dom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I am going to have the opportunity to be on a panel with him in a couple of weeks. We're doing a fantasy roundtable with the uh, cartoonist co-op. They reached out to me about it because I, I, I'm i working with the cartoonist co-op on a, on a couple of things. I'm a member. I asked them if they would be interested in doing an ad campaign for, for Mark Hero. And they said, yes, but well, we'd like to wait for your second volume because your first one's kind of already out there. But do you want to do this fantasy roundtable? I said, yeah, sure. I said, OK, we've got you and we've got another guy interested and we're going to try to get down with a couple of people. So we'll, we'll email you soon. So they email me and I find out that the other guy is Evan Dom. <laughs> like, okay. That's kind of cool. So I, I tried to play it like real cool and just be like, well, I just, you know, I'm a long time fan of Evan's work. It's been very formative for me. And I'm, I'm excited to be on the panel and I hope I can uh, contain myself.
1: but <laughs> It's cool. you know." So when I went to Chicago and C2E2 uh, in 2012, uh, he was – I interviewed all of the people in the webcomic pavilion mm-hmm. and he was one of those interviews as well. So I, I've interviewed pretty much everyone in the webcomic sphere. So I've I, been
0: I forget sometimes that you've been doing this for like 15
1: years now and <laughs> just – you have talked to everyone. <laughs> Penny Arcade is one I haven't talked to. They're the only ones.
0: They're they're fairly private nowadays, aren't they? Yeah, they're,
1: they're basically like Stan Lee of the webcomic field. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it is what it is. Maybe you'll get them someday. <laughs> yeah
1: eventually you're doing all of these amazing things you're now doing fantasy panels. you're branching out you're you're doing amazing work in that regard too here and you're still looking towards the future of the comic itself so what else do you have on the go that you can actually talk about that you haven't signed ndas on because i'm curious about that as well
0: i'm very indie kurt um i haven't signed ndas on anything okay <laughs> Everything that everything that I do, um, only stays secret because I'm a good person. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I've actually I have a lot of things that I can tell you about. Um, just kind of rattle off some stuff. A couple of them are actually live on Kickstarter right now. The money's not going in my pocket. I've already been paid, but I, I'm still happy to help out because the writers I've been working with are really really great people and the great writers and they just have fantastic voices and stories that that you're going to want to hear. You know, the first one is called uh, "An Insomniac's Delights." It is an anthology series that I have uh, did a story for with Alice Quinrose, and that's on Kickstarter right now for the first issue. It's has like, got a very reasonable goal. Uh, I think it's less than $1,000 that she needs to get it off the ground. And I know that she's got seven stories written. Uh, and this first issue has two stories in it, and I did one of them. And it's a very cool experimental story about a dog. From the point of view of a dog it's dialogue free uh which i i think is a fun challenge so we spent a lot of time figuring out like how the dog is gonna exist in this world and it's mostly told through smell so it's it's a really cool comic that i think people are gonna like it is a horror story it is pretty creepy and it is a little unsettling, so um, buyer beware in that regard. But if you're into that sort of thing, then I definitely re- recommend you check it out. The second one is called The World Ends in Fire, which is another fantasy comic that I did interiors and cover for with DC Horn, who also did uh, Once Upon a Time in Zanatopia. Alternate covers for him in the past, so. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's a great series as well that you should, might, might want to check out. But this is a comic about four kind of ragtag heroes uh, on like kind of a road trip of doom through the desert, trying to prevent the end of the world, collect a certain amount of magical artifacts to make that happen and and kind of their misadventures in in trying to accomplish that. So it's uh, a lot of fun on the first one. It is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, Another one with a really low goal. There is also a coloring book version of that comic, which is interesting because that's how the project started. Was DC reached out to me and said, you know, you've got really clean line work. I think it would be cool if we did a coloring book. You know, my kids like to color and I, I gave them one of your pages the other day and they had a great time with it. How'd you like to make a coloring book comic? And I said, sure. And so we did the whole thing in, you know, in line art. And then we looked at it and he said, What what would you think about coloring it? And I said, Well, I mean, I'm not going to kick work out of bed. So yeah, of course I'll color it. And so I did a test page for him. He says, yeah, okay, I think we need to do this. So we just did the, gave it the full treatment. So you can get both versions, the version where I colored it. And then there's the version where you can uh, color it yourself, which is, 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 is kind of a fun thing to do. I've seen some people on early copies do some, some pages and have had a different interpretation than I did to be sure. But, <laughs> and then lastly, um, I'm actually was working on this today. This is still kind of in the really early stages of penciling and blocking, uh, but I need to get it done pretty soon so I can send it back to the uh, editorial team. But I'm going to be in the Fractured Realms anthology from Limit Break Comics, doing a story called The Doom That Came to Midgard, which is written by Alex Garrick Wright. I'm doing all the art for that. It's a real fun, fun. It's a real fun for me. It's a real awe-inspiring cosmic horror story with Norse theming. Everything in Fractured Realms is uh, is based on Vikings and, and Norse mythology. Limit Break's done a couple other anthologies like this they're kind of modern reinterpretations of um, fairy tales etc and this one's all kind of focused on norse mythology it's a lot of fun things um, to look forward to there so those are the things that are set in stone that i'm comfortable talking about on the air on a video that will be online forever. Uh, you know, there's some other fun things in the works as well, but we'll stick to the ones that are that are 100% real.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Going back to the coloring book, that's that's an interesting take on it because I've seen that on, on a few different things in the past. Not not mm-hmm. anything really recent. Do you think that it, it inspires creativity to have someone else work on a coloring book like that, whether they're like a kid or whether they're you know in oh yeah, definitely,
0: age? definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, first of all, when there are age, absolutely, you know, I mean, adult coloring books, huge deal, definitely just, uh, you know, go for it, but it's, it's kind of like fan art in a way I'm going to choose to look at it like that. Uh, but you know, in terms, especially in terms of getting inspired though, because if you see somebody take your, your line work and, 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 and do cool colors on it, you know, they're going to think about it differently than, than I would. And it's an opportunity for me to see how somebody else processes. What I've done when I've gotten fan art from Kuro, same thing. Where people I uh, get to see other people's interpretation of the characters. I've done a few commissions too, with grabbing artists that I'm, you know, really fond of, and saying like, "Hey, I would like you to do my character. I don't want to give you any kind of direction at all. I'm going to show you a picture, and I want to see what your interpretation is." And I've gotten some <laughs> really awesome pieces as a result of that. And it informs the way that I think about the character going forward too. I want it to be genuinely of myself, but a lot of other people have some really good ideas, and maybe. They see things from an angle that I might not necessarily have thought of, and so if I can see that in a piece of fan art, it might make it into the comic. You know, I had one recently where I do like an art trade with with some some friends on a, a Discord server, and somebody did a, a Mario Kira where she's fighting a giant squid, and I said, "Oh, that's going in the comic." <laughs> I don't know where, but that's going in the comic.
1: <laughs> the color change aspect of of Mercuru in different different issues. Maybe she gets a new wardrobe every every volume, I should say, uh when it comes to
0: It, it could very well be. Um, you know, this this one kind of happens to happen along that line. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like doing costume redesigns, so it's going to happen again. <laughs> I think that's part of the fun, you know, you can and, and it helps you kind of visually mark where the characters are in the story, um, seeing them as well. I, I like to, to have that kind of visual progress.
1: You know, we, we've always had a wonderful time with each other, just chatting and shooting the shit as we do here. But I hate to say it, Brendan, but that ends this particular episode of Two Geeks Talking, and as always. You're always welcome back on the show and i want to thank you again for being here
0: uh, thank you for having me again uh you know it's a great time i definitely will be back it will be less than five years i promise you <laughs> uh and you know just before i leave just to remind everybody you can find everything that i do on my website brendan if you can read my name in here that's the website uh, just MyName.com. Um, it's got all my social accounts on there. Uh, links to purchase the book, uh, Volume 1, which is available now. Keep an eye out for Volume 2 at the end of this year. And, of course, the link to go to Global Comics where you can follow me and read the entire comic for free online as well. So that's the place to find me.
1: Well, like I said, that ends this particular episode of Two Geeks Talking. You can, of course, find this interview and 1,200 plus others on our website, TGTmedia.com or 2 talking.com that's the word two not the number two the number two gets you somewhere else and you don't want to go there you <laughs> don't wait. go there yeah don't just don't bother That's <laughs> perfectly fine my website's going through a revamp so go to our YouTube channel a lot more updated I'm only one person youtube.com forward slash TGT media the podcast is back after 12 years as well too which is 2 talking.podbean.com or search for 2 Geeks Talking. On iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Alexa, and any other favorite audio streaming service, you get your podcasts on. And as I say every week, everyone has a story to tell. It's up to me to help bring that out. Thanks for listening and watching on to Geeks Talking.